Coming up, we've got highlights from the week. Three wins by the Gauchos against LMU and UC San Diego. We've got interviews with Bryce Willits and Brock Mortensen and a quarter season report from head coach Andrew Chekets. Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Eat what the players eat. For the last five years, Kyle's Kitchen has been uh, feeding the Gauchos pregame meals, and they've got all kinds of new stuff on their menu. They've got the protein grill. They've got Kyle's Chicken House. Check them out at their locations in downtown Santa Barbara on Chapala Street and in Goleta in Hollister Village and on Calle Real. This episode also brought to you by our friends at Smart Office Interiors. Smart Office Interiors is a proud sponsor of UCSB Athletics. They are your local source for quality commercial furniture for education, healthcare, government, private companies, and the home office. They have helped turn the Hammerhead and MLB rooms at Caesar Wasaka Stadium into high-quality work spaces. Unreal desks, unreal rolly chairs. It's so comfortable. It's a great working environment now at the ballpark, and we want to thank Smart Office Interiors for that. They offer full-service solutions that include design, planning, and installation. Call 805-965-8585. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He's at the track, he's at the wall, he leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here! Christian Curley! Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? John Newman wins it for the Gauchos. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell, he's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Midwest. He's been deadlocked at once since the bottom of the third. Here's the 2-1, and this is a line drive, base hit to right field. Here comes Willits rounding third. Runberg has no play at home, and RBI single for Willow gives the Gauchos a 2-1 lead here in the seventh. And there you go, Jason taking his hit. As Morty waits. Big left-handed slugger. Here's the 2-1. And he hits a drive to right field. Going back is Grunberg. It's up over his head. It one hops the base of the wall. Sprinkle's going to score. Mortensen coasting into second base. He's got an RBI double. Gauchos reclaim the lead. The lefty Ornelas waits. The hard throwing right-hander Harvey to the plate. And this one is lifted in the air. Left field line. Willow in fair territory. Makes the grab. And UCSB defeats LMU by a final score of 4-2 to tonight. Ryan Harvey comes in and gets the save, his third of the season, as UCSB improves to eight and four. From Lake Elsinore Diamond in Southern California, home of the Lake Elsinore Storm, this is UCSB Baseball here on UCSBGouches.com. Before uh, coming back home to San Diego, this is lifted in the air to left center. On the move is McNally, he's not gonna get it. It's out to the deep corner, this is gonna clear the bases. Darby scores, Sprinkle scores. Here comes Mortensen. It's a triple for vote, and the Gauchos take a 3-1 lead. And Nick hit it way out to the 
deepest part of the yard past McNally. One ball, one strike. And a breaking ball is hammered to right center. This one's hit well. Falia is going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Willits. Gosses with a six spot here in the third at 6-1. Women's tournaments are there as well. Here's a ground ball. Diving stop Johnson at first to his feet. Backhand flip to Lewis. What a great play by Kyle Johnson, who was awfully busy this inning. You got the 3U, a 3-4-1, and a 3-1 put out. All in the same inning. Then they are staying in the area as Bryce hits one up the middle. Off the glove of Dale. And it's to the right of Robinson, out into right field. Into scorer's vote, right behind him is Johnson. It's a two-run single for Willits. Have a day, Bryce. As he's got another pair of RBIs. And that increases the Gaucho lead to 8-1. Because it wasn't his run. Here's a pop-up on the first pitch off the bat of Furman. This should do it. Darby in the shallow right field grass makes the catch. And Ryan Harvey comes in. A very quiet ninth inning, one, two, three, a pair of strikeouts. He gets his fourth save, and UCSB defeats UC San Diego in game one of this two-game non-conference series. Nine to six the final. So potentially some difficult hitting conditions uh, to begin this game with the shadows. Here's the 0-1, and a breaking ball is belted to the left center. Hit well on the move, and watching this one bounce up against the wall. Darby rounding third, heading home. It's a double for Sprinkle. And the Gauchos lead it 1-0 just like that. Hard hitting conditions, right, Jordan? I don't think so. RBI double, Sprinkle. And the Gauchos lead it 1-0. First pitch of the inning is hit in the air. Deep right field. Back is Falia. He's at the track. He turns. He watches this one fly. Bryce Willits, a solo homer on the first pitch here in the second. And we're tied at two. Bryce Willits goes yard for the second consecutive game. 10 runs, nine of them earned. He's walked nine and struck out 11. As Kirtley pulls this one fair inside the bag, down the left field line. It's into the bullpen, banging around in that corner. Kirtley's trying for third. Here comes the relay. And it is not in time, a triple for Kirtley. Gounces come out swinging here in the second. Common from the shadow delivers. This is it right back up the middle into center field for a base hit. Kirtley scores. Gounces reclaim the lead. Runner that he has picked off this year. Here's a changeup, bounce to third. Going to be a tough play on the backhand for Willits. The deep throw on one hop right to KJ. Well done by Bryce Willits, who's having himself a week at the hot corner. So a single by Klez. He's picked off at first, and then a nice play at deep third by Bryce Willits. We'll go to the third inning, 3-2. You see Santa Barbara. 1-1 pitch. Is hit back to Gutierrez. He goes to second for one. Darby, the turn to first. 1-4-3. On the twin killing, started by the pitcher Gutierrez. 
He puts the first two runners on, gets the strikeout, and then a double play. Throws a zero on the board. And they didn't even make an attempt. And one strike pitch. Backhand stop Willits. From his knees on the line is dug out by KJ for the out. Tipping my cap to Bryce Willits. There's the web gem I asked for. The backhand stop on the line and the throw from his knees. And KJ just as good on the other end with the stretch and the dig. And there's one down. To go with a double and another single and a walk and a run scored. First pitch to him. Is hit on the ground to short. Sprinkles got it. He will go to Darby at second for the out. And Ryan Harvey comes in and gets the save and secures a 3-2 win for the Gauchos as they sweep the two-game series here at UC San Diego. 3-2 the final. Harvey has saved the last four games for UCSB who have won their fifth straight game and they improved to 10-4. and four. I don't think you're ready for this. Why? I don't know. It's, uh, this is Brock Mortensen. This is the Pueblo Radiology pregame show. It's the Gauchos and the Tritons non-conference action here at uh, Lake Elsinore, home of the uh, 2015 Lake Elsinore Regional. Were you aware of that? I was. Did you watch that? I did not watch that. I watched highlights. Watch highlights. Yeah, they were they, they were they were sad for the shows. It was it was it was forgettable. So we we don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah. I'm sure I'll mention another broadcast at some point, but. Uh, this is the second time that the Gauchos have been here, and it looks uh, as beautiful as ever. Mm. Interesting playing service. Um, you got the hard fence in the outfield. Yep. Is that, is that hard? Short fence, short fence and right. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's made of wood. So how are you going to play that? Mm, I don't know. Probably if the ball gets hit over my head pretty hard, I'm not going to try to go after it very uh, intensely in case it bounces off the wall because it will probably take a hard kick off the wall, especially in the gap. How the fence looks angled right now, it'll definitely be triple out triples alley today. In the gaps, that's what it's looking like. Do you have an outfield assist this year? Did you I get do. One in, did you get one in Oregon? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, I did get one in run that through us. Run that through for us. Well, ball was hit to me, hit pretty firm, and the Oregon turf slowed it down. And I knew Oregon, the Oregon guys like to run in our faces, so I was trying to come up on it quick, and it kind of kicked up on the heel of my glove, and it dropped to the ground underneath my, in between my legs. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah, and we, it was Cal. It was Cowley. It was Cowley. Cowley. Yeah, he went the away. And yeah. I looked up, and he was sprinting for second. And I knew I had enough time. All I had to do was make a good throw. So I just tried to make it as accurate as possible. I'm glad I got it there. Okay, It'd be cool to get another outfield assist. It would. It would be cool. Have you heard? Um, have you heard this thing going around about more wheels and more doors? Yeah, I have. What's your stance wheels. on this one? One hundred percent wheels. <laughs> Give me one um, reason why. Um, the amount of shopping carts there are in the world. Shopping carts. Yes, and people okay. forget to realize we had this uh, argument in our group message for our house, and um, Nick Welch is very uh, set on doors, and he was saying how many doors are in a cruise ship, but then you have to realize how many office chairs and wheels on the office chairs are in those doors on the cruise ship. <laughs> so, yes, I'm team wheels. It's hard to believe, but yeah. I feel like, I mean, wheels have some pretty strong arguments. Yeah. Pretty strong. I think Coach Erdman was settling in on, just think about Hot Wheels. Yep, Hot Wheels. Matchbox hot cars, Hot Wheels. The backbone of team wheels. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of doors at first. I was like, what about a 100-story office building? How many doors are in that thing? Yeah. A lot, but... And then you got the wheels in the elevator, making the elevator move. Right. The, who knows? Somebody's bringing a suitcase right. in. Dust chairs, suitcases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's strong argument yeah. wheels. Okay. The One of the reasons why I wanted to get you today is to talk about your hair. 
Okay. If that's if that's cool with you. That's fine. Because it's it's strong. Okay. And it's got it's got many different um, iterations. Okay. So when let's start simple. When do you wear it down and when do you wear it up? When I wear it down, obviously in the hat. I like to wear it down on game days, but if I'm wearing it up, it's usually where I'm just chilling because I hate it in my face. <laughs> yeah. So when it's down and there's nothing in it, I will have it up because that is not a good feeling. And I'm honestly getting tired of it, but I don't want to get a haircut. I'm scared. So. Why are you scared to get a haircut? Because don't know what it'll look like. It's been, it's been too long. <laughs> it's done way too. Not long. not that we're 12 games in the season. And, no. And you, oh no, it's not getting cut now. That that ship has sailed. So. Okay. Okay. But yeah. you were considering it. I was considering. It. Okay. Like yeah. before the season. Yes. Okay. Before season was considering. And you would cut it simply because it's it's getting annoying that you have to wear it down and then wear it up yeah, and tie it, it. it. It's getting a mess. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, I I admire it because I got one hairstyle, mm -hmm. when the hat's off, and then I wear the hat and it's covered up. Yeah. But it's sometimes it's kind of fun to change it up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's you have some ability to play around with it. Mm -hmm. So if you're just chilling and you wear it in the bun. Like, how often are you, like, are you trimming the, the hair underneath that's short oh, yeah. on your own? Like, I, how often do you... I'll do it probably every two up? weeks. I'll visit uh, Barbara Schreier over there in Posada. <laughs> Barbara Schreier. <laughs> yeah, and he'll get it done for me. Does so. he have a decent touch? Shout out to Schreier. Um, so I've heard. I mean, I make it pretty easy for him because the lion's already there on the back of my head. But right. Yeah, he, he cut Coop when I was there. He made him look pretty good. Marsh, eh, I don't know. Where did the inspiration come from for the, the, for the style? I don't know. I mean, I, I got long hair when I was a senior in high school, and then I, don't know, I saw, like, um, some athletes when I was in late high school with long hair, and I was like, yeah, I might as well stay with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, because you made the diving catch or the sliding catch, I think it was in game one in mm -hmm. Oregon, uh, up against the line, and you lost your hat. Yeah. And when you got up off the ground, like, your hair's in your face, so you kind of, like, flip it back as yeah. you're running off and you toss the ball in the air. Like, that's pretty fun. <laughs> that is When fun. that happens, right? Yeah. And then when you hit the homers helmet off and home plate like the hair's flopping around all over the place mm -hmm. it's just a good look Thank so you. i'm glad that you came to the decision to keep it awesome yeah. well you're making me feel a lot better about my my decision you and <laughs> you and nick vote have both got on the train to not have me cut my hair so i appreciate that well who got the best hair on the team nod nick vote on the and I, I i will back that so why is it nick vote it's nick wick nick wick nick wick john wick tom cruise mm, okay but is it is it the style? Is it is it the thickness? Is it the color? Shoot, I think it might be everything. Just just a solid head of hair on that kid. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Okay, that was a nice tangent with hair. I, I honestly was curious, and I think it's it's good banter for the radio and for mm -hmm. the podcast. So so thank you for sharing that. The hair looks good. Um, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Um, four home runs on the season so far. Fifteen last year. Mm -hmm. Did you set a goal for home runs this year? Uh, not really. I mean, la la it was it was fun last year because I never like have been a home run hitter up until last year. I didn't know I could do that. Really interesting. Yeah, like I mean, the most home runs I had in a season was high school at four, and then in JUCO at two. But last year when I was at like twelve, I'd be like, man, it'd be really cool to get to fifteen, like just to have like a, a base mark. But this year, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have one. Like they, they come and go. Like Marcos Caston on wise words from him is that they come in bunches, and I believe that. So if they come in bunches, then. I'll be happy when the bunches come. Yeah, well, four in your first 12 games, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Which is pretty good average. That's one every three games. Yeah. That's one a weekend. Gauchos will take that. And the home runs that you've hit this year have been in important spots, especially at Oregon. You like There was the game-tying one yeah. against Aon in game two. 
and then there was the homer, the two-run homer in game three that was right after Cromwell hit the slam. Mm -hmm. So I felt like those were important momentum swinging home runs, and that's what a home run can do. Um, can you, like, did you have any thoughts on your homers that hit at Oregon? Like, were they, obviously they were in big spots. Mm -hmm. Like, were you looking to do that in that moment, or were you trying to keep it simple? And take a hit um, in those honestly, situations. I was trying to keep it simple that whole week, and maybe except for one at bat, where I was really trying to get the, get a good swing off. But um, after the first game, I knew they were trying to pitch me inside, and they were coming like they had some guys with some good arms, or throwing some pretty firm fastballs and from off speed in there. But once they were trying to come inside, I kind of backed off the play a little bit and was just trying to go with everything in the right field. So I just met power with power, I guess, and that's how those two happened. Power with power. Yeah. And well, they were both lenient, like yeah. line drives. You you hit the tall, majestic homers a lot. Okay? Yeah. But you're able to sneak them over the fence and inside the pole. Yeah. So are we going to see any opposite field home runs this year? I hope so. I feel yeah. like I've been hitting the ball a lot better in the left field this year than last year, so we'll see. It's, it, it'll definitely be able to get easier to get them out at Caesar than this place, because this place looks like it's about 430 to left center. So we'll see. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a tall fence. It is a tall Although, fence. Although, I mean... It, it's warm. It's warm now. It'll cool off as we get later into the day. But I remember during the day here, it played a little hot. Mm -hmm. It was the ball would carry. I mean, we're out in the desert, so I don't know. Who knows? But uh, are you excited for the series this weekend? Oh yeah, beautiful park. I don't know what better playing service we could be on. Better place to be. Caesar. Caesar. Had to say it. Had to say it. This is a close second. <laughs> it's a close second. No, uh, hopefully we get some uh, a good contingent of fans from both schools. Mm -hmm couple of games it's non-big west play so just playing baseball yep playing so, baseball um good luck, good luck out there brock hopefully we get an outfield assist hopefully we get a ding dong and um go get him sounds good appreciate you kev just had to check in first to make sure you're okay i'm fantastic you're fantastic yeah hi bryce Willits. how you doing how are you I'm fantastic you're fantastic yeah. okay that's great that's great that's great we've come a long way since youth camp last summer this is true this is true do you have nightmares do you have uh Pleasant dreams about youth camp, youth camp um, last summer? I had a great experience with youth camp. Uh, it was fun to be a coach for once. Uh, make my own rules. Make your own rules. Make my own rules. Your yeah. own rules of pickle, your own rules in home run derby. Yeah, I, I ran the show there. Had to. <laughs> Good times. It was great time. Good times last summer. Good times so far for the Gauchos. Nine and four. Yep. It's, uh, it's Saturday afternoon. We're in Lake Elsinore. Game two of this two-game non-conference series with the Tritons, UC San Diego. Last night was a big night for Bryce Willis. It was. It was a big night. Potentially your biggest night as a gaucho? Yeah, Is I that saying too much? No, that's not saying too much. It's, it's been a little bit since I had a night like that. It felt good to, to uh, have a couple extra base hits like that and, and get the bat going. It was, it was good. Have you graduated from Junior Slugger yet, or was that did your, was last night your graduation? Uh, I graduated from Junior Slugger thanks to the right fielder at Oregon that uh, popped one over the wall for me oh, out yeah. of his glove. <laughs> uh, it was like a half a homer, but that graduated me, so, uh, so I finally got a real one out. So, so last night, so double home run, the two-run homer, and then a two-run single. Yeah. Turn single was off of the pitcher's glove, so you can off thank the, the pitcher yeah. for a couple of rubies. Yep. So you've got you you owe a couple guys. I do owe a couple guys, but I mean it's the baseball gods just uh, just helped me out. They knew uh, they knew I needed a uh, needed to get going a little bit, so that was just the the kick right there to to start raking. Well, what what was it about last night? How was uh, how the bat feel? How are you seeing the ball? Um, first time playing at this yard. Yeah, first time playing here, but a uh, great backdrop and just uh, I don't know, just. 
just was seeing the ball pretty well and just got a couple good pitches to hit right in the middle of the zone and just took advantage of them. No more details than that? No more Ferg, details. Ferg, Ferg gave you a nice shout-out in the offense chat today. Yeah. yeah. You made some adjustments. You were able to get into the baseball. I mean, guys are trying to hit I mean, the bottom of the baseball, it's, right? It's been, it's been a little while since I've, uh, I've gotten a lefty like that. It's, I've, been, uh, I've been really working on the... Uh, on pull side, just pull side elevation, and then especially I've, I've struggled a little bit since, uh, against lefties lately. So it was it was nice to to get a lefty uh, off speed pitch that he just left down the middle. Just was able to hammer it off the bat. Did you know that it was gone? Were you worried because you hit it pretty close to the end of the big fence? Uh, no, I I had a feeling it was gone, but I mean one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp it out of the box, but I'm just I'm not there yet. I gotta get a couple more over the wall before I, I can actually know out of the box, you know. How did it feel off the bat compared to the homer at uh, Oregon? Uh, the Oregon felt like a, a flout to right. This okay. one felt like I actually hit a homer. Actually tag it. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Um, how are you feeling at third base? You did kick it yesterday. I did. I'm gonna, I'll call you out for that. Oh, that's fine. I talked to Erdie about it, <laughs> and it sounded like, because it's it was off a lefty, Yeah. and it was one of those like inside-outside spinners, uh, I and got, you maybe didn't have a great read. I got no excuses, man. Okay. I, I'm not here to say that it was a weird spinning one. I just I just missed it. I just <laughs> I just kicked it. I mean, we all have those. It's whatever. On to the next. Okay. On to the next one. And hopefully more today. Uh, yeah. How is um how's this infield plan? Because it's it's cut tight. Mm -hmm. It's it's Bermuda. There's no overseed. It's uh it looks pretty fast. It is fast. I mean, it, it's fast, but which is. It's fine if it's it's if it's fast and flat, and uh, as long as it plays pretty well and the hops aren't too bad, I have no problems. It is a little fast and there's a little lip, but nothing too uh, what about, too crazy. What about the uh, infield dirt? Infield dirt's nice. It's uh, not not too hard, not too soft. It's, How does it compare? How does it compare to Caesar? Oh, to Caesar, there's nothing like Caesar. Man. There's, uh, who am nothing I talking like, to right now? Nothing like Caesar. You can like be Caesar. you can be brutally honest with me because <laughs> I know Caesar's faults. No, see, I've I, been around it enough. But I've taken enough ground balls on Caesar to know that uh, to know how Caesar plays, though. So okay, but this is different. This I mean, is it's, a little it's, different. You walk on it, and it's clearly different. And it's it's definitely faster too. It's definitely faster. It's a little. The grass is definitely thinner, but but I mean they both play well. Okay. Um, so I asked Brock this yesterday, and I'm gonna beat it until it's dead this weekend. Because I don't want to talk about the rest of the, after this weekend. Okay. But the wheels and doors argument. Um, see, I started out as a as a doors. I was heavy on doors. I was I was pushing it. But the more people kept talking, the more I, I realized I think I'm a wheels guy. I so, think I've I think I've switched over to wheels. Why? Strictly because of the the Hot Wheels arguments and the, <laughs> that's a hot topic. You can talk about the, the skyscraper buildings, uh, the work buildings, but. And they talk about the the chairs, the rolly chairs, and the uh, the drawers that have the wheels on them. I just I can't, I couldn't compete. What about like cabinets? I mean, cabinets, cabinets. have wheels. Do they? They did the to pull them out. They they have wheels on Do the. Do they tracks. all have wheels? Are you sure? Uh, I mean, I. What about the what about the ones that have just hinges, right? See, there's there's one door right there. But talk about all the the millions of Hot Wheels that are. What about a locker room? What about like an old school locker room that has like the old metal ones and they're just little squares, right? Uh, see, and those they have are, those little door hinges. Those are doors. Those are some examples of doors that don't have wheels. Yeah. But I, I just lots think of baseball we, stadiums. I lots think of wheels. Gyms. I think wheels. I, I just. <laughs> 
There's too much of an argument for that for me. Just because of Hot Wheels. Uh, Hot, Wheels Hot Wheels, 18 wheelers. Uh, Those have doors on them too. Those have two doors. That, that counter. Those have two doors to on 18, 18 wheels. wheels. What on, so on the back, there's okay, two doors. Two doors. Right? And then there's two doors for the cab. Okay. If it's a quad cab, there's probably four. Okay. There's probably a door to the sleeper cabin. Okay. There's probably a glove compartment. 18 wheels, uh, steering wheel. Thought about oh, that. Oh, that was brought up at breakfast today, the steering wheel. Yeah. The steering wheel count. I mean, it doesn't roll. But it is a... I mean, it's, it's in the it's, name. No, no, it's in the name. It's in the name. So it's hard to argue. I said. Okay, so you're a wheels guy. I am a wheels guy. It's a wheels guy. That's, I've been trying to play the... I've been trying to advocate for So what are you the doors. I'm trying to stick to doors and, and find an argument. See, I was it. doors as of two days ago. Doors feels more blue collar, and I'm a blue yeah, collar guy. I, you know, I, I can agree with that one. I was, I was heavy on doors. I, I can't say I wasn't. I was arguing okay. it pretty hard, but I was convinced. <laughs> okay, uh, any... Let's see. Big West play starts next week. We're going. We're shifting back to baseball. So get your mind right. Um, you got Fullerton to start things off. Uh, have you seen any of the other teams play much this year? Have you had a chance to check them out? Um, no, I I kind of just focus on who we're playing at, at at the time, which I mean sounds pretty cliche, but but I don't do too much research on the on the people next weekend until until before next weekend until it's time to dig until in until it's time to dig okay. in yeah I like that. Are you excited for Big West Conference play this year I'm super excited I think we I think we have a, a good chance to do to do what we did last year and even better I think we've got the squad to do it so where what are some strengths that that you have seen with the Gauchos um I mean our our offense is is just like no other I mean we we We've been putting up runs, and we haven't even been at our, at our best yet. So. Untapped potential. Yeah, the best is yet to come, and we're already putting up runs. So so it's going to be exciting. Okay. What about on the pitching side or the defensive side? Uh, the pitching side, I mean, our guys look strong. I mean, I, I'm not – I don't talk to a whole lot of pitchers myself other than Big Al because I live with the guy. But, I mean, from what Big I've Al. seen – yeah, Big Alex Schreier. Big Alex Al. Schreier. He's coined a new nickname. Does he Al. cut your hair too? Uh, he does not. I'm actually growing out the hair right now, so I haven't I haven't gotten a haircut since uh, about November. Going for the Mortensen look? I'm. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I mean, if it helps me hit some more homers, I guess. But I with uh, I went with the uh, the new hairstyle of. Uh, Slicking it all back this weekend on the bus. I saw that. Yeah, on Thursday. You're just trying something it's impressive. new. Impressive. Trying something new. It's impressive. The hair's longer than it's been in a long time, so we, we tried something. And, uh, I may have to stick with it if, uh, if today goes just as well as yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I may have to stick with that. Okay. So you like you like Shry Guy? Yeah. Still hasn't really proven himself yet. No. But that no. time will come. That time will come. Big Al is, uh, is nasty out of the pen. <laughs> so Big Al. Um, let's see. Big road trip coming up in uh-huh. two weeks. Going to play St. Mary's. Yeah. Started a career at St. Mary's. I did. Uh, just, just two games at St. Mary's this year, but um, Gail's off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And you, you might have to face Connor Roberts. Uh, Connor Roberts would be a fun one. I still know a good amount of guys on that team. There, there's a lot of them that are gone, but I still know uh, quite a few of them. So it, it should be a should be a nice, fun little game to play. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's stick to you today. I uh, want to see lots of hits, lots of runs, yeah. and I want to see a web gym. How do you do today? All right, I'll, I'll do my best. Look for the gauchos to, to absolutely rake today. Okay. Today's the day. Bats are hot. Bats are going to be firing today. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Bryce. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate your time. No problem. Head coach Andrew Chekets joins us this week on the Gauch and I podcast. 
believe it or not, we are a quarter of the way through the season. If my math's correct, we played 14 games, 56 total. I think now it's 55. So it's just let's just leave it at a quarter. We're a quarter of the way through because it feels like a quarter. We're through four weeks. How long is the season? Is it 16 weeks officially? 17 weeks? 15? It's mm, a good question, Kevin, that I should know. Okay. Because I, I, I do the scheduling and you I do. look at it, but I don't know if I've ever counted the weeks. So I, I feel like I did it last year for, for the pod because I would report them as week one, week two, week three. But this we just finished week four. We can settle with that, week four. And you did the scheduling for this weekend, and it was a bit of a scramble. We'll have 11 weekends left. So 15. So 15 weekends. Yep. There we go. Good math. Yeah. Well, real quick, how did the UC San Diego at Lake Elsinore come together? Because that was a bit of a scramble, and it felt like we almost had a couple other schools come in and play as well. Yeah, we had Yale call us on Thursday as we were driving to San Francisco and let us know that they weren't going to make the trip. There, there had been an issue with their spring break and it changing due, due to COVID. It usually was two weeks and it had gotten reduced to one week. Um, so their administrators didn't want them to miss that first week of school. So um, so that whole, that whole bus trip was a scramble just trying to figure out who had games left, who was local, you know, um, and turned out that UC San Diego hadn't scheduled for finals week yet. So this last weekend is when finals started. Um, they, they had 54 games scheduled and 56 of the max. And so they, um, they had two Davis, uh, UC Davis had three. Um, so I, was, I called coach Newman said, Hey, do you have any interest in playing? He said, yeah. I said, what about at Lake Elsinore? I was trying to get a neutral site out yeah. of it versus, you know, we were already traditionally we try and schedule about, you know, over, over 32 home games and the rest road games, which would leave you about, 24 road games um and this year we were skewed a little bit more on the on the road side we we're already at 29 home games and 27 roads when we lost yale we went to more road games than home games and i didn't want to add i didn't want to end up with 29 road games and 27 home games so I tried to find somewhere neutral and and uh, coach newman was up for it he had a, a lot of connections with the storm and was friends with uh with their group and made some calls and they're they're up for it they'd hosted us in 15 and that was you know besides us going to and q it was a, a really good experience from a baseball standpoint and their organization's great turnkey and as turnkey as it could get for you know running a tournament and um this was the same so uh, we lucked out that we were able to find the games and then late you know with some of the weather that happened in the midwest last weekend people were losing games and um, Missouri lost their series, you know, Gonzaga, Nebraska, um, and, you know, Long Beach was able to pick up Gonzaga, uh, when they lost their Nebraska series. Um, we were talking about maybe having Missouri join us, you know, down at Lake Elsinore, uh, in a perfect role, we probably would have found somebody to play, um, San Diego that weekend and somebody to play at our place so that we didn't have to travel. Um, but, um, it's not always perfect world. So. Um, we're, uh, you know, it was a good experience. It was good to, you know, we're friends with those guys down there. You know, the games were good and competitive. Um, and, uh, I, I thought it worked out well. Yeah, I agree. And it was cool to go back and 
shout out to the Lake Elsinore Storm and all their staff. They did a great job. But everybody in the press box was very hospitable and helpful. And, of course, the field was in great condition. I know uh, Joe Jimenez, who I, I, we saw at the yard, his uh, protege running things down there, and they did a great job getting the field ready um, in a short amount of time so that we could play. So that was great. Gauchos won two games, and they go to 10-4 and four on the season. And so it's, it's weird this year, as you mentioned, with the kind of heavy road schedule in the 14 games. Gauchos have played 10 of the 14 away from home. They played the series at San Francisco, one at LMU, the four at Oregon, and the two at, at UCSD. So through 14 games, 10 away from home. Is 10-4 and four a satisfactory record at this juncture of the season in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I think from a win-loss perspective, it's, you know, it, you could look back at it and say, sure, we could be 12-2 and two if we close out, you know, the Saturday game at St. Mary's and the Saturday game at home against Nevada. And, and we're still working through the bullpen and what that was going to look like and who were going to be the key guys. Um, so, you, you know, be easy to look at and go, yeah, it'd be, we could be 12-2, and two, but we also could have lost all four games at Oregon. Those mm -hmm. things were so close. And, you know, we've had some other – We've had some one-run games that have gone our way and some close games and, you know, one one-run game on Saturday against uh, San Diego and, you know, three one-run games against Oregon. And I think the LMU game was a two-run game. Um, so we've, we've had, we've had some close games. And um, so I think 10 and four is probably fitting of where we're at. Um, I, I think, you know, I think we've probably played worse than that <laughs> at times. At, at yeah. times, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from, I, I from think, our from our eyes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when we're talking about playing as well as you can play. It hasn't felt like we've done that yet, and so um, based on how we played to go ten and four, yeah, I think I feel good about that. Yeah, and RPI is sitting um, at least last time I checked before we went on uh, twenty six. It's been fluctuating a lot. Obviously, still early in the season, but going into Big West Conference play, and we'll get to that later when we talk about the conference. But going in with a strong RPI into the conference season, um, important, of course, for postseason uh, regards. But uh, five and two, five and three, beg your pardon, in true road games, seven and three away from Caesar Wasaka Stadium. So Gouch is off to a good start, and they have a lot of home games to come, including this weekend against Cal State Fullerton. Uh, before we get to Big West Conference play, um, you mentioned the Oregon series. Uh, we had three run, one run games. The lot, the game on Sunday was two runs. It was back and forth. There was, there were comebacks. It was tightly played. Um, and the Gauchos showed a lot of grit because the walk-off homer on Friday, you lose the seven inning game against a, a starter, Aeon, who was, was throwing BBs out there. And it kind of felt like, uh-oh, here we go again. It's the 2020 series where Gauchos lose some leads late and can't bounce back, and the Ducks might win four games again. But Gauchos turned it around, and it was some clutch hitting. It was some clutch pitching, um, most notably out of the bullpen. Uh, Hattenbach, Ager, Harvey, and then uh, the home runs by Mortensen and – it was a really, really exciting series. Can you talk about the Oregon series and how crucial that is uh, to come back down 2-0 in the series to come out with a split? Yeah, it would have been easy to fold fold their tents and, you know, especially the 
you know, the blow on Friday where we're, you know, we're, I think we're up to nothing going into the eighth and um, give up what we give up and actually going to the seventh. We give up on one. Seventh. And, yeah. One and one. And then, you know, the walk off home around the first pitch in the ninth. And um, so, yeah, there's some resiliency, some grit. They bounced back. It was a hard fought series. You know, there's some good pitching. There was some good offense in there. Um, you know, they're, I think they're a good team. I think they're really offensive. I think they've got enough arms. Um, I think their bullpen is very good. Um, so uh, to go on the road and, and, you know, the way the RPI works, you get 1.3 points for a win on the road and 0.7 at home. So when you look at it, it's like you won 2.6 games in a four game series from an RPI perspective. And, um, so that's, a, that's a positive as well. And I do like how the guys, you know, showed some, showed some resiliency and, um, you know, Harvey coming back and closing it out. I was, you know, happy he got to get back on the horse after, um, you know, suffering his first blown save. And, um, you know, I think he saved four cents then or five cents then, um, four cents then, um, or yeah. And in our last, what is that? Six games. Well, I was, I was, I was thinking I written, I written down lead with Lewis here because Corey's been great on Fridays, but, I think Harvey is still on the show because he saved all four games this week. There you he go. Saved, he saved Sunday, Sunday at Oregon, Tuesday against LMU, Friday and Saturday against UCSD. Yeah, and that's what we had in mind when we moved him to the yeah. pen. He's still yeah. got it. He, he's he's been able to do it, and I think he's settled into the role. And it seems like every time he gets out there, he looks a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first one looked a little uncomfortable and got through it. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's looked more and more comfortable out there and he's thrown the ball well and pitched better with his fastball. And, um, so he seemed to embrace that role, which I know initially when we moved him from starter to reliever, he, he was disappointed. He did a good job of hiding it. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a good teammate and a, a good kid. And so he, you know, kind of gave us whatever you need me to do, but you know, I, I knew he really wanted to start and, um, you know, he had earned an opportunity to start at the beginning of the year too. He'd thrown the ball well. Um, but just the way the pieces fit, you know, we really needed him at the back end. Um, felt like we had some other people that maybe could do what he could do as a starter, but not many people that could do what he could do on the back end of a game. And, um, and he, and he fits nicely there. So, um, he, yeah, he's, he's really been, been good and we needed that you know early we had some question marks and we're trying holding a lot of tryouts and um and you know his ability to step up along with michael rice and matt ager and you know it looks like hat and box starting throw the ball well and we'll see he's gonna have to kind of bounce around and be a little bit, little bit of a swing man for us i think he's got to you know get some some starts and spot starts and maybe midweek starts and throw some long relief for us and also match up for us um so uh, those, those guys have, have done a nice job at the back end. Yeah, and the pitching's been strong. Uh, the ERA at, at 3.27. Uh, I'm sure you'd like to see some little, uh, how can I say this, fewer walks. You want to see fewer walks, but guys have been punching out hitters. Uh, they've been doing a good job about that. And and the starters have been great. Uh, Corey has been you know, as, as quiet a demeanor as he's got. I mean, He's pretty good on Friday uh, with the 1.25 ERA so far. And you have a little confidence starting off the series with Corey and then Gutierrez and Gallagher. Nice on the weekend as well. 
and you know both new pitchers uh, Gutierrez the transfer Gallagher the true freshman and so you know they're kind of learning how to pitch on the weekend at the division one level but how have you felt like those guys have performed so far because it was them who kind of tandem for that 3-2 win on Saturday it was Gallagher coming out of the pen and Mikey able to pitch out of trouble he picked two guys off and he induced two ground ball double plays so they've been finding different ways to get out of innings how do you think that they have, have performed in your eyes so far yeah they've been solid you know I think they've they've given us a chance to win and you know knock on wood we haven't had a blow-up start um they've you know gotten into the fifth or the sixth and um you know they're all pitchability guys not you know not huge fastballs but um have the ability to throw strikes and cross count and have have solid secondary stuff and um and so yeah i think i think as we you know build them up and they go more you know, it'd be nice to get gutierrez and gallagher deeper into games um you know, they've both gone, you know, four or five innings. Now it'd be nice to get them into the sixth or seventh. And um, I think that's the next step for them is being able to go over and go out and take over a game for, you know, seven innings. Um, and they've been able to do it, you know, twice through the order, but you know, that next step is being able to get through that, that order the third time. And, you know, it looks like Corey's on pace to do that. He's pitched deeper into the games. And, you know, that's going to help save the bullpen. And, um so yeah, I've been pleased with those guys. I, I mean, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. The the walk totals are high, um, and you know, frankly, that's two years of kind of high walk totals. We had higher walk totals last year. Now, you know, we set the school record for strikeouts um, with I think over five hundred strikeouts. Six um, six hundred and nineteen. Sorry, yeah. So, um, you know, and I think five years ago the record was in the four hundreds. So. Um, you know, we, we missed a lot of bats, um, last year. Um, and you know, but there's been some walks that, that we would like to eliminate and be better at that. And, um, and I think this group's, you know, it had, last, last year it felt worse for some reason. Um, cause a lot of them happened late. Um, you know, I, I think if we can get over the hump with that, I think the pitching staff has a real chance to, you know, um, really help help carry the team and be a, a solid foundation. Um, but we do need to minimize the, the walks. It hasn't bit us yet. We, you know, besides one game where we blew a lead, um, but we're gonna need to we're gonna need to minimize that so that um, you know we do give up a home run. It's a, a solo solo homer, not a three run homer. I think one of the more impressive pitches that we've seen this year is Ryan Gallagher's changeup. And I'm gonna ask this question to you. Um, We've seen some good changeups from Goucher pitchers in the past. Greg Malley, uh, Don Mazza. Is Gallagher, is, is it the best changeup that you've seen as a Gaucho? Or does I'd it love have the potential give, to be I'd love to there? give him the credit, but Rodney Boone. Okay, has, and Rod. And Rod, of course. Yeah, R Rodney. Can't take it the, from Rod. Yeah, he has the best changeup that I've ever coached in my career. I mean, just look at his numbers. You know, I mean, he's, I think he's. Yeah where he's at from a all-time strikeout leader, single season strikeout leader, ERA. Um, you know, I think it was a big West freshman co-pitcher of the year. I'm yep. sorry, big West freshman pitcher of the year. Um, you know, two, what, three time first team all conference. I don't even know. I can't keep up with it. He had a lot, he did a lot of stuff uh, and he did it, you know, with a big with the change up, up. Yep. with a big change up. Um, and Rods was so good. He could tell you it was coming and you still couldn't hit it. 
um, everybody knew, you know, three years into it, the hitters all knew it was coming and it was that good. And so um, Ryan's is close to that, but right behind it, I think if he can make one more, you know, one more jump with some consistency on the side spin and, um, you know, making sure they keep his arm, arm speed up, I think, you know, those things will, you know, maybe, maybe he, he can catch up with Booney, but th- that's, that's a tall order. Okay. Had to, had to, no give... offense, Dom, and no offense, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but had had to give Rodney a little love because we've been giving a lot of love to McGreevy uh, the last the last few podcasts, and so had have to shout out uh, Rod Boone with that changeup. Yeah, but, go go look at Rod's stats and his his Roddy. his uh, trophy. Okay, trophy, let's trophy yes. wall. Let's uh, let's jump over the offense a little bit before we get to Big West. Uh, it's been serviceable. Feels like there's untapped potential. We've had some surprises, and we've had some guys that haven't uh, kicked into gear just yet. So when I say hasn't matched their full potential, I, I just know, and I'm getting these rumblings from from the hitters like we're just we're so close to busting out. Like it's we've put together some games where the hit total's been there, they've hit the ball with the fence, and they've scored double digit runs, and I, don't know, I get kind of the feeling like. You're playing with the lineup. You're trying to find combinations and variations that would allow for this offense to explode. But, you know, vote's been great. Willits had an awesome weekend at UCSD. He hit the homer. He's got three homers in the last week. He hit one at Oregon, two against San Diego. Uh, Darby has been awesome. The two oppo homers against Oregon. Uh, KJ, been hitting the two-hole, hitting above 300 on base percentage, leading the team of walks driving in some runs and Mortensen, obviously with uh, the four homers, um, a couple of them, two really big ones against Oregon, two run shots. So where do you feel about where the offense is at, at this point? Cause I feel like some of the games, the offense has won the game. Other times it's been the defense that's won the game and other times it's been the pitching that's won the game. So that, that's a good thing saying that, that, there's been games won in three different facets of the game, but last year it was very offen- we were very offensive to go along with good pitching staff, and this year it feels like we're so close to getting there offensively. But where are we at right now? Yeah, I, I, we have the the tools are there and the potential is there. I don't, you know, I, mean, I think if you talk to Donegal, I could, I could feel the frustration with him a little bit of you know them not performing to their you know, capabilities up to this point. Um, and it's, it, and it's not that they've been bad. Right. Um, they just, the expectations are, you know, especially after the last two years offensively, you know, the expectations of it are, are really high and we have an older mature group. Um, and, you know, I would agree with you. It feels like we're close to putting it together. Um, and, you know, there's a few things like, you know, we had, <laughs> you know, it looked like we were going to score 15 on Friday and probably should have scored 15, you know, on Friday. And then, you know, we ran ourselves out of smettings and, you know, had some, had some other, you know, at bats that, you know, some where we needed a directional hit or had the ability to play some team offense that we didn't, weren't able to do. Um, I think those are the moments that, you know, I know Donegal feels like, you know, we're close to that breakout where it turns into, turns into 15, that nine really turns into 15 and, um, you know, and, and we needed to get a few of those in there. Cause we've got some guys on the mound that haven't gotten some chances. Um, 
because we, you know, we've gone to the same well with those guys, you know, in the bullpen that have started to show some consistency, but, you know, I really would have liked to have gotten, you know, Alex Schreier who's coming back off injury and feel like he's got a, you know, a bright future and a chance to really help us. And, um, you know, we'd like to get Huddleston back out there and, you know, Gallego spike back out there and some guys that have good arms and good stuff, but, you know, maybe haven't thrown a lot in the last two or three years, um, where they came from or if they were here and, and, in Alex's case and, you know, due to injuries and COVID, um, Alex's was due to injury, but, you know, Brady and, and Elliot's were due to some COVID stuff and, and, and I guess, and some injury stuff. So, um, anyways, we'd like to get those guys some, some, some innings, you know, with a little bit of a buffer and a cushion. And that's where that putting together that full offensive game could help, um, you know, where it looked like Friday, we were going to do it. Um, and then even early Saturday, I mean, we had a bunch of hits and scored some runs and then the, the, it went, got dark outside and nobody could hit after that on either side. So, um, now I think the arms got pretty good too. They're, they brought in some arms that were good, Thought our guys did a nice job. Um, but it feels like we're close. You know, I think there's been some base running mistakes. There's some, some approach stuff, some two strike, uh, approach stuff. Um, you know, trying to cut down on the strikeouts, um, that I, that I think if we could put some of those things together, I think, you know, we've got a chance to put some pressure on people. We can, you know, we're leading conference in stolen bases, which is, I think we've led, you know, last, a lot of years, um, you know, the last two years in a row for sure. Yeah. And, yep. Um, you know, we're fairly aggressive on the bases, but, you know, we've got, we've got a, you know, five hitters in a row there that can run and if they get on base can put some pressure on people from, you know, Xander to sprinkle to, um, Willow to, um, you know, even Willits can run a little bit. Uh, Mortensen's a good runner there. Nick boat can really run. And so you've got, you got not only guys that can hit, but guys that have the ability to put pressure on you on the bases. And so, um, we think it's got a chance to be an exciting offense and, it, and, and have the ability to do a lot of different things. Um, but we've yet to put it together over the course of three or four days in a row. Okay, let's jump over to Big West because we got conference play starting this Friday at home against Cal State Fullerton. And uh, like last year, not the same Titans team that we are used to seeing, at least on paper and what we've seen um, watching some video leading up to Friday. But it's a when you start conference season it's it's a whole new season and i think the gauchos learned that last year where won the first two games against fullerton and then the titans came back and won the next two and that was kind of a wake-up call but looking at the conference as a whole where we sit right now this after having played four weeks of play conference looks good at the top but at the bottom it has really really struggled there's three teams with winning records and there's four teams with RPIs in the 200s. So it's based on what I think and kind of my observations of the conference, looking at the scores and watching the standings go up and down throughout the year so far. Winning the road series is going to be crucial. The midweeks late in the year are going to be crucial because there's some good teams on the schedule. There's UCLA, USC, Pepperdine, which are all off to good starts. They have RPIs in the in quadrant one, quadrant two, and then there's St. Mary's, whom the Gauchos play next week. Those are going to be tough games because St. Mary's off to a 12 and two start, but they have an RPI in the 200s because they've played uh, some teams with low RPI numbers. So that's going to be a tough game. Um, both of those games in the midweeks. So I'm not trying to look too far ahead 
But Gaucho's got to take care of business against teams that are really struggling. And when you look at Riverside, you look at Davis, they have one win so far combined between the two teams to this juncture of the season. So, I don't know, Big West, everyone knows everybody so well. And one, you know, the beginning of the season sometimes is, is lost and forgotten by the end of the season because there's injuries, there's players coming back, there's, you know, you figure yourself out as a team, like all this stuff that happens. But as a coach, when you're going into the first weekend of the, of the, the, the conference season, like, are you sending a message to your team about it's a new new slate or are you just sending the message of let's continue to work on what we've been working on? Yeah, I, I, I haven't really talked. <laughs> it sounds like let's just keep keep the ball rolling. Yeah, I, yeah, and I traditionally I, I traditionally don't make a big deal out of conference play. I mean, we're trying to play the game one pitch at a time and we're trying to get everybody to take this one day at a time and it's cliche but it's real and um i think the teams that can keep their heads down and stay off the scoreboards and stay focused on getting better and preparing have you know that gives you your best chance to to win and um stay off in the standings and all those things so I, yeah i don't i don't have a big speech ready to go for conference opening weekend and you know, I think, you know, we've, we've been able to get in as an at-large team, you know, over the years. So, you know, those non-conference games matter. Those midweek games matter. If you don't end up winning the conference, you want to have a chance to hear your name called um, and, and get in the tournament. And so we have to, we have to, you know, do everything we can to, to be ready to have success regardless of who we play. And um, so, and, and so, you know, the conference championships run through Fullerton for, you know, who knows how, you know, 90% of the last 25 years. So, um, you know, it's hard, you don't want to, you can't overlook them. You just, you never can. And, um, you know, coach Walton's there who was here and we, we know he's a good coach and we'll have those guys prepared and, um, you know, on the offensive side and they've got, you know, coach Seatrick who's a new head coach and pitching coach and, He's obviously very accomplished and, and has done a good job and won everywhere that he has gone. So um, they will be well coached, um, and that's the expectation is that you know we're going to need to need to have our A game. Um, and I think that you know they played Gonzaga, who's really good and mm-hmm. for three, and they've they played Stanford for three, and so they've they've had a you know a tough schedule. Um, so I, I've I looked at their win loss record and kind of laughed and thought. I know they're better than that just based on who they played. Um, and so, uh, you know, trying, trying to get ready for those guys. And then, um, you know, with, in regards to the conference, you know, the, the RPI can be a little misleading. Um, you know, when I look at it, I have a tendency to look at, you know, win loss percentage because 50% of you know, our RPI is our opponents win loss percentage. So it's, you know, one of the ways that the SEC and the ACC, um, you know, are able to kind of load up on wins, um, you know, early on in the season. And um, I think they've started to schedule a little more competitively, but, you know, for the most part, they're, you know, 75% of their non-conference games are at home and, um, and they're not, their midweeks aren't against UCLA and USC. And 
you know, schools in Pepperdine and, you know, schools of, of those caliber. Um, and so they, they're able to build up win-loss percentages and then they play each other and the way the math works that they, they get 50% of their opponents uh, win-loss percentage. So when everybody has a, a, a high winning percentage, then it's hard to have an RPI below 50, even if you don't win very many games. Um, and so, you know, for our conference, um, that's a little bit of the scary part of it is with, you know, I think last year there were only two teams with winning records. Um, uh, I, think, I think us and Irvine, maybe somebody else snuck in there. Cal Poly might have gotten there. It was either slightly above or 500 or slightly below yeah. with Long Beach and Cal Poly. Yeah. I don't think there was more than three. Um, and so looking at that, as you get to go play each other, um, you know, now those, those win loss percentages, you know, jump onto your RPI, it's 50% of, of our RPI. And so that, that, that can hurt you. Um, and so I, uh, that's the concern I, when I look at it, um, you know, when I look at our RPI and I look at, um, oh gosh, Irvine's and Northridge's and I, you know, Long Beach made a big jump. Um, I, when I, when I look at those RPIs, I just think, I don't know how, um, all of those RPIs survive, um, the conference play. Um, and so my, my fear is it could turn into a, a one big league, one big league, you know, really fast, just based on doing the math. So. Um, ultimately what we, what, you know, we've got to go out and try and be successful and get better every day. And, you know, hopefully that leads us to a, you know, conference championship, which is you know, right now everybody's oh no, and that's the goal, goal for everybody. Yeah. It's a new season and gouches have been, have been playing good ball at five wins in a row. And all of those were by, by one, two or three runs. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned Fullerton's win loss record four and 10. I mean, I look at Long Beach. Like they had those two big wins at Mississippi State to start the year, and then they come home and they got swept at home by Sac State, who wound up I think won I think they won their first nine games of the year, so they were red hot going into Long Beach State, who then played UCLA, then they played uh, they just played Gonzaga this weekend, who's in the top twenty five. Gonzaga had wins at Oklahoma State, so you look at Long Beach seven and seven, but they played a tough schedule just like Cal State Fullerton has. So looking at win-loss record and looking at RPI, sometimes not the best way. I mean, that's what people like me in the, in the quote, media, you know, this is our job to, to speculate and, and talk about win-loss records and RPI and trying to create a story and, um, you know, have a, a cool storyline going to the broadcast and going to the weekend series. And, you know, when it's, it's Fullerton and Santa Barbara, it's – you know, no matter what, it's going to be a good series. I mean, we've we've had some some whales of games over the last few years, and and this weekend's going to be no different. And and I'm excited for it. And we expect to see lots of people out at Caesar Wasaka Stadium this weekend. I think it's it's weird talking at this juncture of the season, having only played four home games, and we had great turnout against Nevada. All those games, it was it was pretty full. Uh, sitting up up top like great ambiance with the crowd mic on the radio like it has been that series was really fun and so i anticipate this weekend being really fun too with with cal state fullerton coming to town 
um, and and the folks have showed out so far. So we apologize for only having four games at this point. So yep. lots more home games to come. Yep, no, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. Supposed <laughs> to have three home games last weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating we'll have a decent crowd this weekend, and um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and then uh, five game road trip after that. So get your kicks while you can. Yeah, yeah, I'll just go to St. Mary's, to UC Davis, and then to UCLA before coming home to play Hawaii um, for the the second home series uh, at home. So it's it's Fullerton at home, Davis on the road, Hawaii at home. uh, The first three series in the Big West, and uh, yeah, I think that covers it. So yeah, we got we got to get home because I'm moonlighting as a uh, Dos Pueblos Little League. Uh, assistant coach and uh hard, hard for me to get to the games or practice when we're on the road so, yeah so yeah I might, I, might, I might get fired here pretty soon so let's hope that doesn't happen um all right coach checks um it's been a good start to the year so far and uh i'll see you at the yard all right thanks for everything kev All right, thank you to Coach Checkets. Thank you to Bryce Willits and Brock Mortensen. Thank you to our great sponsors, Kyle Kitch- Kyle's Kitchen and Smart Office Interiors. Gouches have won five in a row. They are 10-4 and four on the season, and they have a big series to start out. Big West play coming up this weekend against Cal State Fullerton. 5.30 on Friday, 4 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday against the Titans. We expect to see you out there at Caesar Wasaka Stadium all weekend long. Then, of course, the Gauchos go on a five-game road trip up to Northern California, St. Mary's, UC Davis, and then they'll be in L.A. the following Tuesday against UCLA. So that's what's on tap. Gauchos off to a good start. This is an exciting team, and they have a lot of potential, as you have just heard. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at the yard. So uh, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you at Caesar Wazak Stadium. i